Maybe uh, an elf or a leprechaun. There's nothing like that, penis breath! Elliot is the reason his parents got divorced. This is... Spoilers. <laughs> this is Spoilers. That's good. So I also had... E.T. has big nips. This is... <laughs> Mikey, which one did you like better? You told me to pit them against each other. Those are both pretty good classic uh, spoilers for this movie, uh, but I like the Big Nips one. Yeah. Uh, unsure who whose that was. That was Josh's. Well, it doesn't um, count because he didn't say it first, so it's not actually I spoiler. laughed harder at the Big Nips one, though. <laughs> Thank you, Mikey. Appreciate it. Brevity <laughs> is the soul of wit, but you heard Mikey's voice and Josh's voice. This is Pappy, and we're here today celebrating David's rock-hard request. This is our first rock-hard uh, Vigo Mortensen request. Schwing! Uh, his second outing, um, if, you, if you guys remember the Southland Tales podcast, very different uh, tonally-wise in terms of his choices, but we're here talking about E.T. Quality-wise. And quality-wise. E.T. the extraterrestrial. Um, he also gave us an opening question, so we'll go west to east this time um, but i'll go first uh his question was if you have an alien to hang out with the day what would you do to show it a good time on earth very good question okay i'll take it i'll only say one i would take it to cedar point um mm. because i'm assuming that i can only go within like a day's travel of here and i think it would like riding roller coasters and people yeah, watching and seeing things um what are you going to say, Brett? Well, I guess if it's if he's tall enough, I mean, E.T.'s obviously oh. not tall enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I was picturing more of a Close Encounters alien, so he might be too tall to ride some of the rides. But E.T. would have plenty of fun on bumper cars and, like, the frog hop. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. enough for him. Yeah. <laughs> a xenomorph. Like riding that little sky tram thing from one end of the park to the other. Who knows? But that that would be mine. Um <laughs> Mikey, who voted for Big Nips, what do you? What would you do as an alien for a day? Uh, an alien that I didn't want to immediately kill uh, out of terror. Uh, I think we, you literally had the same idea I was going to have was just take him to a theme park. I can't, I can't think of anything else to do for like a quick twenty-four hour period. Uh, or uh, I just play pranks on him. Just be like, that's the only thing we do on Earth is just play pranks, and I just put him in stupid situations and get him in trouble. I think that'd be pretty funny. He'd have a miserable time on Earth, I think. What, like you drop banana peels in front of him and stuff? <laughs> yeah, I throw a bunch of marbles in front of him, and I. Uh, he's got 24 hours. I don't want him sticking around on Earth. He's an alien. He's probably going to invade later. So. Mikey's going full collector on this yeah. poor alien. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's just a prank, bro. Yeah. It's just a prank. Stevie, what would you do with an alien for a day? Man, that's tough. I wouldn't show him Southland Tales, that's for sure. I wouldn't show him Southland Tales because he probably would tell all of his the higher ups to, you know, just to bomb the entire planet. Just um Man, okay, so is this alien my friend? Have we just met? Am I protective of him? What, what, what's the story? What's my motivation, Pat? The spirit of the question seems to be, contrary to what Mikey said, that you want mm. to show him a good time here on Earth. Like seems like your instant friendship. Yeah. Do I even like let him leave the house at this point then? I mean... Well, Are we trying not. to survive? <sighs> 
You don't want the you don't want the government knocking on your door. I, you like, could just get them drunk in the basement. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe no. What I would do is we take the train up to Chicago. We would stop at a few bars on the way towards Clark and Addison. We go to a Cubs game. Av- after the Cubs game, we would go to a Notre Dame um, Notre Dame bar and watch a Notre Dame game at night. And then um, he'd be so drunk at this point, we'd just be having a great time. Kind of like a Ferris Bueller day with the alien. Yeah, kind of like a Ferris alien, you know, day off of sorts. Yeah, that's a that's a great answer, Josh. You're big and tall, like the aliens from Close Encounters of the Third Kind, not like ET from this movie. But what would you do with a, a little ET buddy for a day? I took this question to be that it was like a random day, and you couldn't just ha- like pick a day where Notre Dame and the Cubs both are playing Six home games. Sports teams are all playing at the same time. Hey, the Cubs are in the oh, World shit, Series. Notre Dame is five or six and zero. Oh. It'd be a great time. I think choosing ET or an alien for a holiday like Halloween, like we see in this movie, or Christmas would be a good choice. But honestly, I think a lot of you guys are going a little bit overstimulation for this one day alien. Mm. Um, I think I do take them. I, I have a pool out back, and I would give them some IPAs. Like we know, aliens like beer. Drown him. So can I have some IPAs and some good fruited sours, maybe from Hoosier Brewing in Greenwood, Indiana? And... Oh, you're gonna give this alien a stomach ache with <laughs> with IPAs? He's already sounds like such a hipster alien. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Then I explain the evils of capitalism to him. Everybody hates him already. You only Earth once. And and I think a good answer, too, would be like taking them to a concert. But instead, when we're back at the pool, we'll just put on some nice tunes. I'll teach them about the Beatles. And I would kind of call it a day there. That's it. <laughs> that sounds kind of nice. You won me over there at the end with the Beatles, despite the sneers from the crowd. But last <laughs> but not God. least, we're definitely doing the get back movie right josh for mm-hmm. sure okay good. and i think we Last... might do a beatles double double feature pappy Ooh, you thinking some yellow submarine or some hard no, Days Night? that uh that let it be movie what one remember the one that i ripped off that internet archive site that's kind of like get back but like a shittier version of it i don't want to do that one but what? <laughs> Last... <laughs> okay fair enough fair enough Brett, you've been waiting patiently. Uh, I, I'm excited. I, 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 gun range? Is that on the list? <laughs> well, does he have like some awesome phaser that I've never shot? Or? He has a huge trigger finger, as you saw in the movie. <laughs> uh, All over that bitch. I don't know if I'd want to take an alien into a uh, gun range uh, when it's crowded, uh, personally. But no, I'm I'm with... No overstimulation for me. I'm probably just gonna uh, maybe just watch TV. Uh, maybe eat, not maybe, definitely eat some edibles and just watch uh, like music videos and maybe nice. Maybe a, maybe a funny alien movie that we could like laugh at and be like, dude, look at that. And then maybe Josh got me. Maybe I try to freak him out. Maybe watch a little um, Dark Side of Oz or something like that, just to try to throw them off but we would just chill on the couch maybe eat some snacks delta eight uh no no whatever whatever's legal whatever's whatever i can get yeah what's up so say what celebrity would voice your alien good question i don't know i've been uh we've been watching the show with alan tudyk so probably him he'd probably get some really cool voices going on what show 
Resident Alien. Ooh, timely. Is it good? Yeah, it's good. It's funny. That's a good transition, Brett. We'll come to you. I know you're a scared of a lot of things. Aliens isn't one of them, though, <laughs> nah. in, your, in your list? Nah, not really. I never believed in them until, like, recently, I guess. I mean, my brother was always the guy who was doing re- not. I mean, he's not like Tom DeLonge or anything that, like, crazy. <laughs> but, okay. Uh, and I love, I love Tom DeLonge, but... Um, no, I mean, he just was always watching the documentaries and stuff like that. Um, but no, I wouldn't really say I'm scared of them. I mean, what's to be scared of? If they want to kill us, they'll kill us. There's nothing we can do about it. Okay, rapid fire. Like, I'll come back to you in a second, but we'll go through the list. Do aliens exist, and have they been here? Just two two quick answers. I'm going to say yes, no. Brett? Yes, no. Josh? I'll say yes, but I don't necessarily think they're from planets like we would think. Just I don't think it's that simple. And so, yes, they've been here. Okay. So, yes, yes, Stevie? Yes and yes. Whoa. And Mikey? I would say yes and strong maybe. Strong, maybe. Dude, <laughs> aliens are preserved. <laughs> if Mikey can only do one prank, what's his go-to prank? Fish hook in the eyeball, or oh, am God. I pranking him, or am I? Are are we doing a prank on someone else? Unsuspecting. You're you're pranking the alien. Oh, I'm pranking him. Uh, I got to get him arrested somehow. I got to pin a crime on him. Oh <laughs> I just want to make sure you weren't going to yeah. go bear trap floor. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not going <laughs> to physically harm him i'm gonna have somebody else physically harm him the police mikey's <laughs> running like a really shady youtube prank channel right now i don't like it i just don't want the responsibility i don't want the responsibility of the alien for the day i'm trying to get a day off <laughs> just get him off of my hands well josh since you gave us the most i guess thoughtful answer let me come to you it's easy to take for granted right et's place in pop culture but how would you Describe Steven Spielberg's version of aliens in E.T. the Extraterrestrial. Uh, is this a good segue into the first scene even? When the E.T.'s land? Yeah, it's perfect. Well, and you don't see him land, do you? And that's kind of a problem to me. The spaceship, (laughs) especially at the beginning of the movie, is so inert. It looks like that fair ride at the Elkhart 4-H fair, Elkhart County 4-H fair that Stevie wants to rob. Uh, that, Thank you. Do you know that ride that like sticks you to the side and it just oh, spins around? it spins really fast? It's the worst. Yeah. yeah. 2000 Space Odyssey. I'm pretty sure that ride is the base of the E.T. saucer. So, <laughs> With a carny in the middle operating it. <laughs> As I hinted at in that like quick like yes or no question you asked, Pappy, I think that if like aliens are getting here, it's not in like a metal ship. You know what I mean? Like, and ET is very. I feel like this complaint has been levied before, but he's very humanoid, right? Like for an alien species with infinite possibilities, he's very close to human. He has a nose. He can eat Reese's pieces. Reese's pieces, as Thank Brett you. would say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the fact that he's humanoid, he is awful to look at. 
Yeah, but he's so ugly, he's cute, though, that, like, in my opinion. But, yeah, he's he's not a looker. He's easier to look at, like, than when he's, like, dead, E.T. That thing is gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he's white and when he's red, it's like... It's... Where it looks like a white dog turn. Yeah, no one yeah, I was like, don't touch Powder that. Powdered donut E.T.? <laughs> well, yeah, what about early E.T., where he's, like, flaccid E.T., and then he kind of has gets the neck boner for the rest of the movie? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I saw a YouTube video once, and it had this like theory of like creatures in movies and i sorry i don't remember who did the video um but it, it was something to the effect of the, the cuter the creature the less time they have to spend the characters being on screen to bond with it right so like a gremlin you just look at it or like a whatever it's called when they're not like a gremlin yet like they're gizmo, just the mogwai yeah a mm-hmm. mogwai is just Aww. cute so you just like instantly like gizmo but like et it takes a little bit to get there there's some like scary scenes of them being like elliot's family interacting with et i guess tv we should introduce the family you mentioned to me right before we started this is like the best divorced parents movie of all time. What's what going of? on with the yeah. What's going on with the family? Um, and getting into some of the characters here. <sighs> family. You just kind of get dropped in the middle of it, and it's a really cool way of, I guess you could say, storytelling. Um, pretty much you have uh, our main dude, um, Elliot, right? Yep. Elliot, Michael, and Gertie. Mm-hmm. Yep. You have the three Gertie. children, and single mom who's. You know, I have to imagine is an insanely hard worker, has an insane life, is trying to juggle bills, keep that house, which I imagine is not cheap. It's huge. Uh, yeah, I mean, like they have like an old school like Pizza Hut booth, you know, as like their dinner table. It's very cool. I hope she's getting some payments though, at the very least. From Mexico? <laughs> He's on vacation, right? That guy is gone. Yeah. He that, just left the country. That's yeah. what you take from that? Like gone for Ev? Oh, brother, this guy stinks! <laughs> yeah, he does. Bad dad. Yeah, I mean, this is the dad that went to get groceries, and it's incredibly sad that, you know, Ellie has to say that line, you know, after he sees E.T., like, dad would have believed me. And the mom's like, why don't you, you know, talk to your, you know, ask your father? And he's like, I would, but he's in Mexico with Sally. Yeah, she probably said, ooh, I could go for some Mexican tonight. And he's like, you have no idea. And then he never comes back. <laughs> That's horrible. It's it's sad. This is to me, this movie, I understand it's about like friendship and about you know like discovering an alien, but I think at the heart of it, it's kind of about trying to come come to terms with a divorce. So I think this is a very good divorce movie. I heard that Steven Spielberg claimed that this was like the first depiction of a single mom in this way. And I find that hard to believe. I, I heard an interview with Dee Wallace where she said that's how he pitched the story to her. It is pretty early, though, right? Um, Brett, what's that movie with uh, shit? Kramer, Kramer versus Kramer. Kramer versus Kramer. Like that's like probably like one of the first divorce movies I can think of. This is only like five or six years after that, right? I mean, it's pretty early to the game. What year is this? Eighty two. Eighty two. Wasn't Kramer? Hey, Kramer versus- Kramer was seventy nine. Oh, so like three years after that. Yeah. So we've gone from like. This is like a serious drama about divorce. This is like what it's like to be a kid, really, like yes. from the perspective of a kid. Um, how do you feel about the kid performances, Brett, in this movie? I loved all of them. I mean, I mean, like how I mean, adorable is Drew Barrymore in this movie. I mean, she's hilarious. I think she's awesome. Uh, I think uh, what's his name, Henry Rowan Gardner. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what's his name? 
Henry Thank Thomas you. as Elliot. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought he was really good. And I, I mean, I actually really liked the brother because you could have easily made him like a douche, like a, a mm-hmm. I mean, he is a little douchey, but it's, it's just by like the age he's at. He's actually really compassionate and uh, he helps his brother out. I mean, how many times in movies would just the brother fuck it all up? Older brother help his younger brother as as often as he does. I mean, they're all really close. I really like that. Also, he I mean, he he gets some major brownie points, and he's a, a G in my opinion for getting all over Elliot for saying that terrible thing to his mom. I mean, like he gets it. He's old enough to get it. He's. I mean, I don't know. It's just a really really cool family. So, what's the matter, mom? Mexico. Damn it, why don't you grow up? Think how other people feel for a change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when Elliot's sitting there traumatized from seeing an alien creature for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean, Brett. It's endearing to see, like, he's kind of playing the role of dad in a little bit yeah. there, I feel like. He's a little douchey at the same time. It's just a cool character. Sounds One of like, many, in my opinion. I think we all agree the dad sound. Well, never mind. No, say it. No one likes the dad, so that's why it's even more so emulating the dad and <laughs> being a douche. Yeah, the kids like the dad. The boys did. They liked. They, I mean, they said, "You remember when dad would take us to blah blah blah." I don't like that scene, and they smell his shirt. Like it feels a little bit out of place. Like for he's me. dead or something. I would never do that. You know what it does a little bit. Um, it, it is just a little bit of bonding, but True. like you're, they should be all in on the mom and doing that kind of like takes that away. Well, and they've got a fucking alien in the house right then. It just seems like a weird <laughs> time to be reminiscing about Old Spice. But hey, go ahead. Pat, yeah. Before we go too far, I don't want to. It's it's so funny. I, I literally in a, recently said that I like never hear the score. And I, obviously, John Williams is like the best. Um, but like, when you think of like Raiders and Jaws and Star Wars, it seems super easy to get such an awesome, awesome music in the background for that. But to me, like the first time I was blown away in this movie was like three minutes into it when ET is walking alone in the woods and the music in the background. Like I was like, just like gaping open mouth at how amazing it sounded and looked. Think about how bad this movie would be with like a subpar score, though. Yeah, and like maybe maybe that's not fair to say because it would still be like really cinematic and a lot of like the framing and a lot of the shots. And yeah, the script's still good, but like even like when the scene when the kids are on the bicycles, you know, and they're like making those faces. Like if you put some like silly zany like music over that, that's like laugh out loud at the movie bad you know what i mean so i think like his music does a lot of the heavy lifting um and i also love in that opening scene when they're in the ship and they show like the mushroom with the face or whatever it looks like something yeah. out of like a jim henson movie but mikey uh elliot does lure et out of those woods with some reese's pieces or reese pieces depending on who you ask and then he sh- proceeds to show him a bunch of star wars stuff how do you feel about spielberg's product placement in general as a thing i mean 
I, I don't know. I mean, he's done it in everything, right? Could you name a movie he hasn't done it in? And I, I don't know. I mean, I don't. It got a little obnoxious in Schindler's List when they looked right <laughs> in the camera. <laughs> Busted out he some dominoes. Eat Cheetos. Well, Hugo Boss, uh, Volkswagen. Uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't hate it because it just like kind of like adds sort of like realism, I guess, to it. It's like, yeah, I would see Reese's Pieces in real life. I don't have to. I don't have to have somebody make up a stupid fake candy that we see for five seconds on screen. Like I see the box. I see Reese's Pieces. I, it's it's recognizable. And like we can just move on with the story. I'm not like wondering, OK, well, is he feeding him thumbtacks? What are these things that he's giving him? One million dollars. Mm-hmm. My last trivia. That was a question. Is that how you remembered it, Josh? Uh, I no, it was in my research. Oh. But that was a great question, Pat. How do you feel about it, Josh? Do you feel the same as Mikey that it represents more realism? <laughs> Reese's Pieces got like Reese's Pieces made a killing off of this. By the way, I think they more than got their million dollars back. Yeah, I love that story. Yeah, like I said, I think M and M's. They asked M and M's, and M and M's like. We don't want an ugly monster eating our food. Uh, and then they use Reese's Pieces and it like led to a humongous boom in sales. So I thought that was kind of like really funny. As weird as it sounds, I, f- I would rather forgive the Reese's Pieces one because it's a key element of the plot. Yeah. Yes. It's iconic. Too. They wrote in a candy for him to track. The one that bothers me a little bit is when he's like um, the first time he's like starting to teach E.T. a bunch of stuff. And he drink it. Be- yeah, before he gets to like the Star Wars figures, he's like, "This is a Coke. You drink it, and it's awesome, and it's good for your health." <laughs> <laughs> These are Marlboro Reds. You smoke them, and they're good for your health. <laughs> it really bothers me when Michael comes home, Elliot's brother, and he takes the Coke out of the fridge and just shakes the fuck out of it. Like, why is he shaking the Coke like that? It's very weird. Yeah, it's like, do you want it to have half the flavor or what? Got to mix the cocaine about in the can. In the can. Yeah, why would you do that? It's yeah. pretty dumb. Stevie, what about the, <laughs> I think it's like right before that scene or right after the scene with the shaken Coke, we established that Elliot has a psychic link with E.T. Um, what do you, what do you remember? <laughs> that? Is that what it, what does that mean? I think that's what they refer to. They can feel each other's feelings. Okay, right. They can feel each other's feelings, not think each other's thoughts. That's a good clarification. Eh, it's a fine line. I mean, they, they kind of go back and forth. So I, I'm okay with either one. I, I apologize. Sorry. But Stevie, how do you feel like that as a plot point in general? Do you, do you think it comes into play effectively throughout the story? Um, It's kind of confusing at times because it's like, <clears throat> you know, you kind of have to question yourself at times watching this movie. You know, is E.T. trying to show him things through his mind? You know, is there a body link? You know, is there a metaphysical link? Like, what kind of link is there? I think it's at its strongest when E.T. gets drunk um, at home. And Elliot is pretty much drunk in class. And he shoots that girl like a drunk. Yes. <laughs> he shoots that girl that look. It's it's the funniest part of the whole movie to me. Just when he looks over that smirky, dumbass smile like he is drunk. It's so funny. I mean, there's a lot of questions to be asked like near the end of the film, especially with 
you know, how does it actually work? But I'm kind of glad that it's ambiguous, I guess. The fake out death, like what's going on? The fake out death. Yeah. I mean, I do like that. I hate, absolutely hate the, uh, just the marketing in Steven Spielberg films. I hate it so much, especially Minority Report. That's obnoxious at that point. Like every other shot is of Lexus, Mercedes Benz, a Rolex watch. It's it's just obnoxious to a point, but um, yeah, I mean, it's. I guess you could say I like that it's ambiguous. See, I like I like going back to the Spielberg thing. I like it because it's him and he's consistent, right? You know, it's like if there'd all of a sudden be like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie and he would do something like when Paul Thomas Anderson does it, it also feels kind of organic, I guess, because he, he does it a few times. But if someone would just do it out of the blue, it'd be very strange and jarring to me. And Spielberg almost does it so much that it's kind of like a meme at this <laughs> point, right? Like seeing E.T. drink Coors Lights or whatever. It just kind of makes makes sense. Josh, you like that um, scene in the school with the frog dissection? Apparently this was Spielberg's idea as like an add-in scene to add it. I like how it ties in with the drunkenness and Elliot getting fast and loose and doing like what would what would E.T. do? WWET? I don't know. Something like that. Right. Remember those bracelets? Yeah, those are classic. I think going back to like the sympathetic relationship that they have. I think the problem I have with it and where the movie could have gone more interesting is that. I'm actually into these type of alien, supernatural, quasi-possession stories. And, dude, they are never benevolent like this. Like, for an alien entity or something from off of this Earth to come in and, like, kind of be affecting a child in this way, I I feel like that's something we should view as not good but it is portrayed <laughs> in this movie as like kind of a romantic thing or something do you do you get what i'm throwing down there pat is it a parasitic relationship i don't think so are you saying because it's a ch- a child that makes it not okay is that what you're getting at like the <laughs> i child? think it's especially bad if it's a child <laughs> it's bad yeah. if it's anyone you don't and like I the think... age difference because he's like 10 million years old apparently or <laughs> that's what i was trying to yeah. it's definitely a statutory taking over the mind but i think if it was written a little bit differently et could be a little bit more of a gray area character and when he like when they're both dying at the end and he like lets go that could be more powerful instead of confusing, like I think it kind of is and the way the movie is now. But, dude, this is a classic movie. I'm not going to re-edit it. But having recently kind of researched and listened to several podcasts that tell a lot of these kind of alien stories, like it's just never a good thing like it is in this movie. It's never like buddy-buddy time. But isn't that what makes E.T. special, Brett? Like the fact that it's like the friendship between them? One billion percent. I that's the best thing of this movie is the symbiotic relationship. Uh, the, I mean, the part Josh is mentioning is like just the 
he like lets go at the end when Elliot's dying. He doesn't want Elliot to die. He kind of breaks the the link. I mean, I don't know. This everything about that was awesome to me. But I'm, I mean, I guess saying you could go about it a different way, maybe. But that's what made this movie for me. I mean, that relationship. See, I like it in the sense of like thinking about where Steven Spielberg came from. Right, he grew up with like fifties. War of the Worlds type shit, where it's like literally like Martians, like people from Mars. That's how like little the average person knew about space, and it kind of evolves into, you know, Close Encounters. They are more, I guess, neutral. It's tough to say if they're, if they're good or bad. I mean, they seem kind of nice, but they're also abducting people. And this is just full on like friendship. So I think it's kind of, kind of sweet. I love when ET hides his face in the toys and the mom doesn't notice them. that's like so adorable funny. stuff right there <laughs> but i don't know mikey I, do you how do you feel about the bonding moments with the kids in et kind of to josh's point right when drew barrymore has that iconic scream but then they're talking about home and like they're sort of like where is the audience like bonding to et do you do those moments work for you uh yeah I mean, that's like a majority of the movie, I feel like, is just uh, the kids kind of getting to know this little creature and kind of finding out ways that they relate to it and figuring ways to keep, to communicate with it. And it's all like kind of cute and funny and it's all nice and sweet and stuff. It's just I would be terrified as a kid because this <laughs> thing is like slimy and gross and horrifying looking. So... I, I don't know how they're just like not screaming in terror or how the mom hasn't found out. The mom is kind of oblivious, but that's kind of like a joke. Yeah, I think she was just really busy yeah. and probably really tired. And I mean, like she's bringing them in those groceries and things are falling on the ground. And she's just like, but probably barely hold it together. Um, it's kind of the know. point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What about Mikey? You're known as the practical effects guy. At, at one point, E.T. uses the force to kind of show the universe and, and some of the other digital effects. Do those work for you? I think they look a little dated, but it's also a movie from a very long time ago at this point, you know, 40 years. Yeah, I mean, they just look like JPEGs floating through the air, so... <laughs> <laughs> little square planets. But I mean, for the time, yeah, I'm sure it looked amazing. I mean, the even like the kids riding the bikes through the air at the end of the movie, it's all like really good looking, but it's also like still... I mean, it looks dated for today, but like, if you could imagine yourself, imagine yourself back then. I mean, I think it looks pretty good. It doesn't look bad to me. I don't think anything looks bad in this movie. What about Josh um, passing off ET as Gertie as a ghost? How did that look for you? It's a little ridiculous, <laughs> right? Josh, you want to take us through what happens here on uh, Halloween Day? Yeah, Is this a Halloween movie too? Sorry. Yeah, kind of like you said, they want to give E.T. a fun day, it seems like. Is that what you get from this? Like, let's take him trick-or-treating. Our younger sister, you know, she's four, so she's done this three times already. She can take a break. <laughs> <laughs> she has to go Listen. wait by the chain link fence for like four hours. What's that, Brett? Were they trying to have it fun or was it all set up so they could make the secret phone home? Yeah, so yeah, that's that's like the kind of the end ploy, but that's what I'm thinking at first. Like these kids are whispering back and forth and you think it's like a kid's adventure. Like let's Yeah, they definitely I, stopped and got candy at places and stuff and 
I could watch E.T. walk around all. He makes me laugh every step he takes. His waddle. When he's drunk, it is yeah. like freaking hilarious. There's a lot of shots in this scene of him looking through the ghost eyes. But yeah, I would toss it back to you, Pap, because mm. I think a big, strong part of this movie is how well... I, like, I don't know what city this is. I presume it's in Southern California. It's San Fernando Valley. But this is very realistic suburbs-looking... Halloween, where they live, looks like a very real lived-in place, and I appreciate that. Oh, definitely, and and I like that. I I wouldn't say this is a Halloween movie. Like this is as much a Halloween movie as like any Shane Black movie is a Christmas movie, but <laughs> it uses the Halloween setting really well, right? Like even before that, there's some like jack o' lanterns or a couple Halloween decorations that show up in places, and it looks great. And yeah, this whole scene too, even with the Yoda, I'm normally so cynical about this kind of stuff, but I kind of love it's seeing the little though. Yoda. Yeah, walking around out there. Plus, I, like, I they kind great. of like almost establish that they're in the same universe, right? Because E.T. is in at least one mm-hmm. of the Star Wars, Phantom Menace, right? You can't argue that E.T. is not using several force powers throughout this movie. For sure. And he recognizes Yoda. He has the animal. The animal bonding thing with the dog was one I noticed for the first time this watch through. Obviously, levitating objects is like a classic one. And like him building his phone home machine is really similar to how they depict Jedi building um, their lightsabers with the Kybern crystals. I I don't know what they're called. Some sort of crystals. And they have to go to this deep meditation and like all these like parts are (laughs) all these parts are like floating everywhere. It's like, uh, do you see that Stevie? Are there a lot of crossovers here? I'm sure it's intentional just because of Spielberg, but I think it's just kind of one of those fun things to be like, yeah, this was in this movie too. If you want to watch it again. It's really terrifying to think that both E.T. is canonically in the Star Wars universe, but the Star Wars films exist within the E.T. universe, meaning <laughs> that George Lucas is some sort of like soothsayer who can tap into the mysteries of the universe <laughs> and tell like actual stories that are happening. That's that's not great. Hmm. But Mikey, All Saints Day, dead, creepy looking E.T. How does this movie wrap up, dear? There's like always this looming presence of like uh well, in the beginning, I, I I thought it was just like regular Joes uh, that spotted a UFO and were hunting it down at night or whatever. But uh, I guess it turns out to be more of like the government. And I don't know. I, I like the way how they like never show any adults faces for like a majority of the movie other than like the mom. And it's like all of these shady government figures. We just never see big them. brother. Yeah, but we just like, like never one, see their face and stuff. There's and, one nice government guy though. Keys, and I right? think he might be the best written character in this whole movie. I think he was like incredibly written. He's so ominous the whole time. His name and his his credit is called Keys. Um, that's obviously not his real name, but uh, yeah, it's he's so got ominous. like a little lanyard or something on his. Yeah, his following everything, and you think he's there, and it, that he's uh, like a malevolent bad force. And then he's just like, yeah, he does work for the government. He does have a job, but he's like the sweetest guy in the whole movie. Like, I think my favorite, maybe one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie was when he talks to Elliot for the first time, when Elliot's kind of dying. And he's just like, I've been dreaming of this my whole life. And 
at the end, he's, he's like, I, I'm so glad he met you for, I mean, like, I just thought he was an awesome, awesome character. And I'm glad the way they did it, like he didn't need to be throughout. And he's obviously he's in the movie throughout, but mm-hmm. he's not really in it until what, 25 minutes ago in the movie. You mm-hmm. first see him. I don't know. I thought he was a, a really, really, really well written character. He might be. I don't know if this is a fact. Uh, that name, Keys, is the same name that Edward Robinson's character has in Double Indemnity, Ooh. 44. And I, I do feel like they kind of play, they both play someone who's kind of like a hard ass and you're kind of scared of them for most of the movie. And then they kind of like come around as like a sweetie pie at the end. So I like that. And also, don't forget, they say uh, the coyote's back. And his name is Peter Coyote in real life. Think about it. I'm thinking about it. Think about it harder. <laughs> I, I I don't understand. Yes, Peter Coyote is one heck of a porno name. Stevie, the uh, oh the God. nuance of Keys. Do you like what he brings to the the story? Because it feels like a lesser movie would have him be this like military government like agreed let's cut up this alien bitch like you know like that kind of thing right <laughs> let's Avatar, cut him up. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess in the world where steven spielberg was trying to build i mean is there really a villain in this movie just time uh, yeah really I mean, that makes sense in like the world that he was trying to build in this movie. So I guess a character like Keys would make sense. Um, do I think he was absolutely necessary? Not really. No, but add a little extra heart and I don't know. It, Some tension. It gets you to be kind of like a, what do you call that? Like a MacGuffin? No, not a MacGuffin. I'm thinking of something else. A, something they're tension. chasing that doesn't really mean. Red hair. Red hair. There we go. Yeah, there we go. Go ahead. Sorry, Stevie. You were. Oh, no, that's fine. In my heart. Um, no, I just, I don't think a character like that is absolutely necessary. I would like to have seen more tension, maybe even false tension between the children, um, especially what's going on with, with what's going on in their home life. I think that would have been cool to see in this movie. But I don't mind a character like he's. I just think it was absolutely necessary. And especially because, <sighs> I'm sorry, I hate those shots of like the keys on keys fucking hate those shots (laughs) at the fucking hip with like the jacket pulled back like come on well i kept waiting for it to come back like he eats he hears the keys like i'm waiting to hear like the csi miami music every time like they focus in on that shit (laughs) it's so annoying and it's like okay cool he did it one time but over time like we get it that it's big brother and it's government but it looks kind of like a weird like a weird alien like finders club for like lonely like middle-aged dads at a certain point. Hey, so Stevie, how many Oscars do you have? I have zero. Oh. But I will say I can watch something and know that it's not <laughs> great. Like I'm not a professional quarterback, but I know some quarterbacks that don't play great. <laughs> Just like when I watch this scene, watch the scenes of like the keys every time it it becomes annoying to a certain point because we never really get a fallback of it. So I'll, I'll, that's my piece there. Are, are Stevie and Pappy old enough to remember, and Mikey old enough to remember Muppet Babies, the cartoon? Yes, of course. I watched that it beforehand. Yeah. I love that show. Yeah, I do you remember it as a kid. They do that exact same gimmick where you can't see any of the adults' yeah, faces. Yes. 
but you know by visual cues who they are. Drove me nuts. <laughs> but this was like 10 years before Muppet Babies was doing it, though, right? So There's something to be said there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stevie, would it change your mind? Like, I read that Spielberg specifically tried to shoot camera at child's length, at, at child's height. Yeah, doesn't it just make you feel like a child when you're watching this? Like, you're never eye to eye with an adult. Again, I think he was mom. trying to do that. So, I mean, again, I guess the jangling maybe is a little overkill. Like, if he wouldn't have jangled it and you just, like, saw the keys, would that have been better? Well, I mean, if you're going to say, like, shoot from the perspective of child's height, it doesn't, like, it doesn't jive because the entire kitchen is shot from above. Like, if he would have done, like, camera work where he's, like, removing about the kitchen at child's height, that's different. But the entire movie isn't shot that way. Stevie, how many Oscars do you have? <laughs> Jeez. That's, Why is that a question? Brett is always appealing. <laughs> I'm just joking, guys. Relax. Here's the thing, though. While we're on the government, though, Steven Spielberg, Brett, and I think you would agree with this, did make a big mistake in the release of the 20th anniversary edition where they edited out the guns of some of the government employees and added in walkie-talkies. Um but Steven Spielberg went back on that, and so now I think digital versions have the um, guns again. Um, and Steven Spielberg has said, in the future, there's going to be no more digital enhancements or digital additions to anything I ba- anything based on any film I direct. Uh, E.T., if you look at it, uh, the original E.T., we did pull out the guns. We put in the digitally enhanced version for no extra money. But then in the same package, we put the original 82 version. I always tell people, watch the 82 version. Have you guys ever seen the version with the walkie-talkies? Just curious. I think the one on Peacock was guns, but not sure. Guns. Long guns. guns. Well, they make the quote that she says, put the guns away. They're just kids. So if there aren't guns, and that's a dumb line. Did they cut that line in that version? I I think I've seen the walkie-talkie on streaming once at one point, but I only remember There's a YouTube video with 82 and 2002 versions side-by-side. Nice. So maybe we can link that in the show notes or throw it up on Instagram or something like that. We should definitely steal that for our our Instagram account. But we've been talking about the death of E.T. Stevie, is it? I don't know. This is... This is not the emotional moment that hits for me when there's in the lab and E.T.'s being worked on by like real life doctors playing doctors in this movie and, and Elliot's being worked on by doctors. I, I guess describe this moment for us, the audience. Do you, do you like it? Does it work for you emotionally? The fake out death? Do you get um, aroused when the doctor gives E.T. mouth to mouth? I wouldn't say that. No. So you're talking about when Elliot comes to and like the quarantine tents. And, you know, there's doctors everywhere. Elliot's confused as hell. E.T. looks like a powdered donut from 7-Eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Gross. That's what he looks like. That's it's all very I could chaotic. Just... In this yeah, show. it's super chaotic. Um, I wouldn't say, I don't think it's supposed to, I wouldn't say this is the emotional pull of the movie or the emotional, like, defining moment. I don't think it's meant to be either. I think as a kid, maybe you'd get faked out by it, but, like, Watching it as an adult, I think you'd know just by how movies operate that E.T. probably wasn't dead or there was going to be some saving grace there.
Mikey, how do you feel about this part? Were you faked out when you when you first saw this? Um, it's interesting how it's revealed too, right? Because Michael lays down in the closet with all the toys to take a nap. Then he wakes up, then it cuts back to the tent, and E.T.'s literally dying at that point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I like the fake out or whatever. I, I And also, like, is he, like, sucking life from Elliot? Why are they, like, linked? So <laughs> what, is, what is the parasitic parasit- relationship here? I don't understand why they're linked. Or what I th- happened? I think He's if you alien. if you tweak the script just a little bit and make ET more gray, I think he wants to link himself to a child so that the parent will have like a motivation to preserve his life. <laughs> I think that works really well. It's kind of sneaky, but then it would make sense that they would like actually bond. Yeah, he's a parasite. But then they would actually bond through the experience, right? So. Why why is he dying? Because he's just like not on his homeland or something for yeah, so long. Yeah, I think or? it's probably just could it be the air. No love. I, I think it has to do with the simple fact that all the aliens are kind of like hive linked, mm-hmm. and since the aliens are so far getting further and further away from ET, mm-hmm. he's dying. But since they sent out that message, I think as they get closer to Earth, his life force starts to come back. Because, I mean, that red heartbeat you see, like, in the beginning, they're obviously linked in some manner. Mm-hmm. So I think the closer they got to Earth, like, probably was the reason why he came back to life. So it wasn't E.T. faking him out. It was they no, actually I just think, turned yeah. around at that moment. I think they just turned around saying, hey, we forgot little guy. Uh, let's- he 100%, I, I think he 100% was not faking it. It was, like, them getting closer, the proximity of them is what, because his chest lit up. So No. Nope. That's what I think. I'm going to do a rare thing and just disagree with the Stevie answer here. Um, I think it's pretty unlikely that they happen to do a U-turn at that moment in time. And I think even if they did do a U-turn, I don't think he goes from slimy powdered donut to like popping out of that ice bath. Josh, all it takes is a couple kilometers back in that zone and he's good to go. You are underestimating the power of love. <laughs> the hive mind is a lot like Wi-Fi signal. It can <laughs> get blocked by just a, a simple wall. So. Yeah, a simple wall with a steel pole in it. You don't get anything. Move to the left five feet and you're good to go. He was down one bar 3G when they came back. He got <laughs> yeah. up to five LTE. But you guys don't see the fact that Elliot says, I love you. And then E.T.'s heart starts beating. Like, I, I think that's a pretty clear message. That makes it so much worse. That is the power of the thing. 80s, though. You could anger something to death or love something <laughs> to life. That is the power of 80s cinema. Josh, Elliot is not Letty. Like, she can't just love someone back to life like she did with Yeah, that's Diesel. powerful stuff. This is exactly like the Matrix ending. 
I'm sure people yes. have made that comparison. Yes. But yep. No. Yep. He dies, and Et dies. Neo dies, and it's not until their uh, person, a significant other. So, <laughs> what are you getting at? Your theories are so weird. What are you? What are you trying to say? We're all in agreement that Et is a bad guy. <laughs> Just say your theory out loud. It's, you keep dancing around it. It's very strange. Is there... He wanted the government to win. I mean, he wanted them to kill E.T. <laughs> Just trying to challenge the narrative. Also, <laughs> my dog like jumped in my face during this scene, so I didn't get a clear view of it. Um, when they were going to shock E.T.'s chest, was he flatlined? Yeah, I think so. You can't shock a flatline. It drives me insane in every show or movie. I wish, I wish they would just correct it. Like at a certain, you can't shock. You can't shock something that has no beat. That has no line. Has no. I've literally seen thousands of movies and shows that say you're wrong. So I don't know. They do it every time. It's it's insanity at this point. They should just correct it. Well, I like when they're pressing on his chest and his rib cage is clearly made of jello because they're squishing his chest in. You got to break some deep. bones, man. If you're, not, <laughs> if you're not breaking ribs on CPR, you're not doing CPR right. Definitely. I know, Stevie, your wife is a nurse and I believe what you're saying, but didn't, not to get dark, but didn't Christian Erickson's soccer player just collapse because his heart stopped and then they defibrillated His heart stopped? No, but but what happened though? They defibrillated him back to life. No, no, no. What happened before that? He flatlined. He flatlined. What happened I after that? I don't know that? what you mean. Gave him CPR? His best friend and teammate did CPR for minutes upon minutes until they found a beat again and then they defibrillated him. Stevie, oh. here's, your, here's for you. Monday's medical myth, flatlining patients can be shocked back to life. Have you seen that movie, Flatliners? So you have to be able to detect some sort of weak pulse after... Do, you huh. have to be able to find a pulse to to, to shock again, yes. I honestly it's never the, knew that. It's the biggest myth in all of TV and film. I've had to listen to this for the past seven years now. This is my wife's uh, job. It's probably they caused don't. hundreds of thousands of deaths because that's a huge misnomer. She has to either turn turn a show off or just roll her eyes and say something every time it happens. You, I, I got one, Stevie. You know what? It's always driving me nuts, and I wish they would stop doing it. It's been proven to be wrong like every time. You cannot start a fire with a cigarette butt on gasoline. What? Absolutely any amount cannot. of gasoline and nope. any... No. They did it. Mythbusters, I've tested it. We've tested it. You <laughs> wow. need an actual okay. spark. Well, okay. Take it. Oh. <laughs> I should start smoking again, is what you're saying, right? Just litter everywhere. You're telling me that. if I go outside and I toss a cigarette butt into my car right <laughs> into my yeah. car tank right now, nothing's going to happen. It'll put it out. If you light your lighter next to your car tank, it's going to end poorly for you. <laughs> Hmm. But it needs like an actual flame. It needs like a spark. To light a rebellion. Can kids actually fly if in the presence of a right alien species, Brett? Uh, I think so. I think we saw that. E.T., the documentary. (laughs) Does that music just make it for you? Also, shout out to the weird centipede thing on the playground right before that. I don't know why I love that thing so much. But even with the kids making the funny faces, Brett, you you still like that that moment? Yeah, I mean, I think so. It's like super iconic. It, the music's amazing. I mean, you got C. Thomas Howell, who I forgot was in this movie. That's pretty cool. 
they're making, making some. They're making some pretty goofy faces, though. So, Dude, <laughs> who edited this movie? <laughs> it, it, the wide shot is fine the way it is. You don't need to zoom in on the kids' faces where you can't see any of their body. That's it's true. Just, and it's just yeah. a blue sky behind their face That's with a fan in front of them. Who edited this movie? You put any other score other than like John Williams like trying extra hard, I don't know if that moment is good. No. Like, the wide shots are fine. The wide shots look good. Yeah. But without John Williams' score, it, it might be not great. Josh, how do you feel about it as, as an editor? <laughs> It reminds me a lot of that scene in the Sandlot when they're riding, again, a fair ride. They're probably at the Elkhart County for a chair. Tequila. <laughs> yeah, they do a bunch of close-ups of their faces as they get closer and closer to vomiting. And I felt like that in Sandlot was like kind of a continuation of what they're trying to do here. <laughs> but I agree. I get some really... You guys remember the old Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? Oh, yeah. Really you, walk in the chocolate factory. you know when they would do like close-ups of <laughs> Charlie acting, and it's just yeah. so bad. Yeah, <laughs> and he just makes the ugliest faces, and it makes the final cut, and that's probably why he quit acting forever. <laughs> but anyway, it kind of reminds me of that. <laughs> Kara Littleton edited this movie, yeah. by the way. I'm looking Steve. at her IMDb. It's actually not that impressive. For someone who edited E.T. No, it's surprising. Like, you think after E.T. It's E.T., um, the new Manchurian candidate from 2004. And that's then a good Body, movie, though. And that's Body Heat, which is a classic. Dreamcatcher. Dream Dreamcatcher wasn't great. I was just going to say, like, I hate nitpicking these things. E.T. really is a classic. And it's one of those movies that can, like, get you into loving movies. It's just little stuff like that drives me insane. Like, if you can strip the fat off of something, do it. Because doing a zoom up on a character that we really have no care for throughout the entire movie because he's flying does not tell that great of a story like as far as editing purposes go. So Are you, are you fat shaming E.T.? Yeah, this movie has some fat on it. <laughs> Big fat. Jeez, 80, that was okay in 82. It's 2021, Stevie. Hey, this is, I'm, I'm being as progressive as I can be. This movie's, <laughs> it's a little chubby. All E.T. bodies are beautiful. But Josh, do you... <laughs> get emotional at all the the when i watched et two years ago i cried like a little bitch at this ending i don't know what it was there's a famous story where princess diana saw a, a very early screener of this and she just like lost her mind crying in front of all these people which is like a big deal because they're like royals or whatever but d do you feel emotion here when the kids in turn say goodbye to their friend et yes but to stevie's point this is a long goodbye. It's really long. <laughs> they cut to like the mom watching from like the sidelines like three separate times. Like, oh, yes, this is touching. Oh, yeah, this is a touching part. Ooh, this is really getting me emotionally. Like, uh, maybe this is hindsight, but I think they, they took what initially was a great moment and stretched it out like, too little butter over, over too much bread. Oh, man. Jeez, it's, you guys are hard to please. I disagree. I think it like falls on itself so well. Like Stevie always talks about like things falling on themselves. The be good. Like E.T. learns. Be good. 
good. He learns to say no, be th- yeah, good. Yeah, no. Then the they thing. get the flowers. The flowers. Yeah. Get it? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, you can't just say get it after a thing. Like, Stevie, does this not fall on itself extraordinarily well from a screenplay perspective? It does. I understand totally what Josh is saying. Like, two things can be true at once. Can this movie be stretched? Yes. Does it fall on itself? Yes. It just it doesn't find a happy medium. Let's put it that way. I strongly disagree, Brett. Are you in my One, camp? Yes. Thank you. One thousand percent. You're. I, I'm. I'm like just trying to like think of something else right now because I think this ending is like Hall of Fame amazing. So it's there's so saying? much emotion. Like I, I'll take it up to the rainbow trail that his ship leaves. I don't know why it makes a rainbow. <laughs> I don't give a shit. It's awesome. I hated that. I love it. I absolutely and love it. I think it's obvious that Keys and the the mom are going to become a thing. It's not, actually. I don't know about that. You lost. No, it's incredibly <laughs> obvious. Is it? No, 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 no. no, no. It, it's incredibly obvious. Don't say it, because Dee Wallace in that interview specifically said she never saw that as a motivation in her character, and it was never discussed. Well, maybe set. not in hers, but Keys is looking at her like a piece mm-hmm. of meat for the last five minutes. <laughs> He's like, hey, now. He has forgotten She's a good-looking lady. And he nuts. only has eyes for the mom. Is there a I mean, Mr. Elliot's mom around? Yeah, I mean, we couldn't get any more Keys on the hip shot because we know we couldn't show it in a PG movie. Oh, yeah. Pa- Pappy, did you notice the... Uh, like the little kid doing the reference to her ass earlier in the movie. Yeah, well, yeah, c- of course. Cinema since called it a wet willy to her butt. Yeah, really Whoa! <laughs> I didn't bother me. I think it's cool they're playing D and D. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, trying listen. to get D in the B. Oh, this is D Wallace at the height <laughs> of her powers. Okay, let's not take anything away from her and her. I don't know all of her is, assets. So. Uh, she played Mary, the mom. Um, oh, I know, I know who she is. I'm just saying, man, she's like in the scary movie Hall of Fame. Cujo, the Howling Critters, but never better than she was in ET. Maybe, maybe not. But any any final thoughts? I'm a little confused. Um, I read a little bit of trivia. Whether it's true or not, I guess maybe that makes a difference. It says Steven Spielberg dictated the story to Melissa Matheson while they were shooting Raiders of the Lost Ark. So if he's dictating it, that doesn't that mean he's coming up with a story? And if that is so, why does he not get a screenwriting credit? No, that just means he's reading it. Like, there's really, really hard rules on who can get a credit and who can't. And, you know, how much of this, you know, there's story difference between story credits and writing credits, obviously. Right, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, Steven wouldn't get a writing, a writing credit, no. Just, I guess I'm just I'm interpreting it wrong. I mean, Josh said, thinks I'm interpreting it wrong. That's fine. It, I just I see Steven Spielberg dictated the story to screenwriter Melissa Matheson. So I just I, I when I hear that I think of oh. hey I have this story in my head I'm gonna read it I'm gonna tell you my story and you're gonna write it down. But I do know what you not. mean. It's fair. I retract my comment actually, Brett. That's a different type because I I know what you're saying. Like he had the story in his mind. This wasn't like he just wrote right. And he, yeah, he thought about it when, like, in the fifties when yeah. he was younger. So. so, so the rules of that would be: Did Stephen type or write anything? And if you don't, you don't type. You like, no, physically, like, yeah, that, physically, no. It, wow, that's, that's really strict. Is that yeah. like Screen Actors Guild rules or whatever, or what? No, it's the WAG. Uh, WAG. Okay, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that's um, crazy. 
I mean, I'm sure he doesn't care, but, but he like, doesn't need the money. Because yeah. really, what could happen is I could say, yeah, you know, I could tell this crazy story to Josh, and then Josh should be like, huh. And he could spend the next two years writing this amazing screenplay. Then I can go to court saying, nah, I, I told Josh that story one time. He just wrote it down. Stevie, we've told each other a lot of good ideas. So can we yeah. not do that, please? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Josh and I have written, have come up with a movie together too. So, yeah, no, it's um, just just because you have like an idea for it. No, it's it's yeah, Stephen wouldn't get a writing credit, and I don't think. Like, you know, what characters Steven come up with? Also, what dialogue do he come up with? What scenes and sequences do he come up with? It's There's a whole lot to it. I mean, I'm sure he'd rather have the producer credit yeah. than the writing credit anyway, which leads me to my only final thought, is that this was, or this passed Star Wars to become the highest grossing film of all time and remain the highest grossing film of all time until Titanic. Um, Jurassic Park, I thought. Or Jurassic Park, sorry. Yep, you're right. What, Brett... What do you think about this movie made it so sticky in the box office? Like when you look at like the box office mojo, it's ridiculous. Like I think it had 16 weeks at number one, not consecutively, but like, but one, two, like, I think it was like one, two or three for like almost a year. It's, it's insane when you scroll through the weeks, but. Oh, well, I think it's just because it, it's a movie for everybody. Like it, I remember watching it as a kid. I was like, it's one of my first memories is watching it with the, who had the cassette that had the green? Anybody green plastic? No, mm-hmm. um, it's. I enjoy. It. I just think it's for adults in a lot of different age groups, kids. I just think it it resonates with a lot of people. Just came out at a good time, like R- riding the momentum of like populist sci-fi work, yeah, but true, almost even true. making it more <laughs> accessible for like little kids could watch something like. E.T., but an adult could still get something out of, like, E.T. Um, that might be a reason. David uh, David S., who who did commission this episode, and Southland Tales, like I said, he's a rock-hard patron, did mention in his message, message to us, this is the first movie that he saw in theaters, and it's a really special movie. Nice. So I really appreciate you, David, once again, for having being a good sport about the Southland Tales episode. <laughs> we all felt really bad about this and coming back and giving us E.T., to talk about we uh, you help like you did you help make this patreon or this podcast go through your patreon pledge like without you it literally probably wouldn't be happening so thank you for all that you do yeah thanks good. penis breath well said brett um <laughs> so i'll let you go next brett so we'll get the positive ones first and we'll see what josh and stevie have to say but this is a extremely hard yes for me uh I, I think I know I'm stealing this from someone. I apologize. I don't know who, but it feels like the most Spielbergy of any Spielberg movies, but in a great way. Like kind of like the height of what it means to be a Spielberg movie is E.T. And like I said, it's it's made me cry. It's made me laugh. Um, I love like sort of the relationship between you know a kid and something of like another species even though josh keeps trying to take it to this dark and sinister place i think it's like sweet it's like a kid and a dog or something but it's a kid and his his et um and yeah just a a classic movie looks brilliant and don't underestimate the amount of lifting the john williams score does this would be a very different movie with a different score but extremely rock hard yes for me uh brett what do you give et the extraterrestrial this is like, I think this is easily one of the best movies we've ever spoiled. I was like so into it last night. I think I realized actually while watching it that I don't think I'd seen it all since I was a really little kid. Um, I'd seen little parts of it, but 
I, I mean, I just, you could see it in my Letterboxd review. I just think it's like an absolute masterpiece. Um, sure, it's not perfect, I guess, but, but nothing really is. Um, I mean, I think The Godfather is the greatest movie ever, and it's got the worst punch ever thrown, fake punch ever thrown. I mean, nothing's perfect. So um, I just think the music, I think it's hilarious. The, the tugs at the heartstrings. Uh, the script was awesome. The directing was awesome. I think it was all just amazing. And rock hard, rock hard, yes, for me. Josh? Yeah, I mean, I like, Pappy, how you try to throw shade at me during your yes or no. But <laughs> if you think about it from an alien's perspective, do you travel thousands of light years to like take a couple pine cones from a suburban forest floor? No. You travel that distance so that you could possibly Whoa. possess a human child. And oh, my God. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think Steven Spielberg can capture nostalgia and childhood innocence super well. I mean, that's one of the huge strong points in this movie. Um, but I do agree with Stevie. I think this could have been I think this could have been a perfect movie if someone could have gotten him to edit this down to closer to 90 minutes. But Pappy, since we didn't do a traditional final thoughts, can I have throw out a real quick? Oh, sorry. Theory? Yeah. Can we, can I Please. have a theory here? Okay. So this is my actual theory. It's not that like ET is like terrible demon or anything, which I think that could be a viable theory. But anyway, I think that they were playing Dungeons and Dragons at the beginning of this and Elliot wanted in. And then finally they got their pizza delivered and it was spiked with psychedelics. And this is their Dungeons and Dragons game once Elliot's joined and they've gotten all crazy and they think it's real and the Dungeon Master just does a real fantastic job. Anyway, I'm giving this hmm. a soft yes. They didn't eat the pizza, though. In this, they don't think they ate it. <laughs> it's just <laughs> half hands all over their hands and face. Yeah, we've all been there. Um, Mikey? Yeah, it's a yes. Uh, it's a really good movie. Uh, kids on bikes having adventures. Very nostalgic, very fun themes. And throw some aliens and the government chasing you. It's, it's a whole lot of fun. Um, I just, the only thing I don't like about this movie is E.T. I hate the way he looks. He's a horrible little <laughs> gremlin man. And I think he's, when he, they show close-ups of his hands, he, he has like veins that are pulsating and like <laughs> blood flowing through them and it's slimy and gross. It's like, why would I ever want to see this or hang out with this disgusting thing? And like, I would never like, I don't know. I would just be like so terrified of him and disgusted by him. I wouldn't be fawning over him like this and trying to form a relationship with such a horrible monster. But that's just me. Uh, other than that, amazing movie. Uh, it's so good. And the effects are just cheesy and goofy enough that I don't mind them. So I like it a lot. Carlo Rambadaldi did the design on E.T. He also did the design on the Aliens and Close Encounters, both humanoid Spielbergian aliens. But Stevie, last but not least, what do you give David S.'s rock hard pick, E.T. the Extraterrestrial? Why do you think I'm going to be the most pessimistic? I, I think you're going to give it a yes. 
honestly, but I think you have do have problems with it. I was I was surprised that Josh is soft. Yes, so I, I'm guessing a normal yes from you. But <laughs> okay, yes, I do have some problems with this movie. Okay, um, I think the scenes that are shot at night, especially like the beginning scenes, the first half hour scenes are just absolutely incredible in this movie. I I know it's incredibly expensive to do, and you know it's kind of pointless to try and do it but i think if this whole movie was just pure night sequences it would have been a lot stronger yeah. um but yeah this is a hard yes this movie is absolutely amazing it's a sci-fi classic i think the scene where the baseball gets thrown back to elliot is one of like the most iconic moments in all of film just from like the fog the way it's lit from a storytelling storytelling perspective it's just absolutely incredible um, I liked how they leaned into this being a fractured home in the beginning. I liked how it showed a mom struggling to keep it all together, where she really didn't have an identity outside of trying to like just help her children. I liked how Steven Spielberg portrayed children of divorce or at least separation where they're not stupid. You know, young kids are smart. They know what's going on. So I will give this a, uh, a hard yes. Hard. Yes, love to hear it. So that's a preserved pick. David S., you've run the gambit. You gave us a <laughs> spoiled movie and a preserved movie. That's <laughs> honestly as good as I could ever hope a Patreon to give us. I feel like you truly understand this podcast. But <laughs> if you understand this podcast, you know that trivia is a part of all the episodes that we do. Okay, there's a new mechanic that I'm introducing to the game trivia. We've never done this before on any trivia, but in honor of um, Matt from Jeopardy's legendary run was just concluded. We have a buzz in system tonight. So there's going to be a tournament where it's Stevie V Mikey. And then there's another bracket, Josh V Brett. So you guys are going to do 1v1. It's it's normal age people versus old people tonight. <laughs> normal then, age? What's a normal age person? My age. age. <laughs> Younger is young, older is old. I'm normal. Uh, then there's a championship. Um, the name of this game is Name That Initial Person. So how this works is I'm going to describe someone who's a famous um person who either is known by their initials or is known for having an initial in their name for example i could be describing mj michael jordan or i could be describing michael b jordan because he has an initial b in his name when you think you know who it is you'll buzz in by saying your name and then i'll let you guess and if you're wrong, then I'm continue to describe the person, then the other contestant can buzz in until they give up. Do you guys understand? Do you need an example? Is this clear? I got it. I think it makes sense. Okay. So, so we'll, we'll start with the Stevie Mikey bracket. Then we'll go to the Josh Brett bracket. Again, remember, this is either someone who's known for the, by their initials or has an initial in their name, and you buzz in by saying your name, not the name of the person. And so... Uh, Josh Brett, help me be judges for Stevie Mikey. So Stevie Mikey, ready? Do I just ready. say Buzz? No, you say your say name. Your name. You oh, say okay. Stevie or Mikey says Mikey. Bzz. Mikey, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I am a man. 
I am an American. I was assassinated. I was a leader in the civil rights Stevie. movement. Stevie. Stevie? I will say uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Correct. MLK. That's I was going to say JFK. Then you said I was leader of the Yeah, that's what I would have said. One point for Stevie. All right. Back, so over to the Josh Brett bracket. You guys ready? Yep. Ready. I'm a man. I am an actor. I am at least in the two movie club. I starred in a Josh pick. I, I was a side character in a Patreon pick. The Patreon pick was Boogie Nights. I'm famous for working with Will Ferrell. Brett. Brett. John C. Riley. Correct. Oh, walk hard. One for Brett, one for Stevie. Back over to the Stevie Mikey bracket. You guys ready? Mm-hmm. I am a man. I was assassinated. I was the president of the United States. Stevie. Mikey. <laughs> Stevie, I think that was you, right? Oh, God. Bless America. Yeah, I'll say JFK. <laughs> Correct. Stevie takes two of three. Stevie's won the round. Um, last one for fun for you guys. I'm a man. I'm a writer. I was played by Johnny Depp. I am famous for my gonzo journalism style. Oh, I am known on. as an eccentric writer. Hey. Las Vegas is a special city for me. Yeah. You guys know it? Why was ours political figures like yeah. what? I randomized the list. It just worked out this way. Hunter S. Thompson. Yeah, how do you guys not get that? Yeah, I want to. He was that. talking to you guys. I was talking to you two. See if you knew your last one. I knew what it was, but he said no, it was for fun. Wait, I thought, I thought you were, were talking, talking to. No, no, that was just oh. for fun. Sorry. I All kept right. lying. I was like, do they not know this? I was saying to you guys, I'm like, uh, come I, on. Yeah, I thought you guys didn't know. <laughs> okay, one second. Okay, Josh Brett. Josh, you need both of these to stay in the game. Easy. <laughs> you guys ready? Yep. I am a man. I am an actor. I was known for films and a role in a famous sitcom. Now I'm known for my foundation, which contributes to my disease, which is arguably what I'm most known for. I start in Family Ties. Brett. Brett. Michael J. Fox. Correct. Michael wow. J. Fox. Brett, you take the round. For fun, for fun, I am a man. I am a president. I am known for the New Deal. Brett, FDR. Yep, correct. All right. You guys like this trivia? I feel oh, like yeah. Mikey and Josh don't like it as much no, as Steve. No, I don't. Brett, do. I don't. I, I don't like any trivia, so yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Trivia so. sucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would never. Do this trivia. is what I. This is what I was hoping for. The championship, oh best my. of seven. Stevie, V. Yeah. Brett, are you guys ready? I am a woman. I am a writer. I am arguably the best known writer of Brett. my time. Brett. J.K. Rowling. Correct. Rowling, whatever. I. I am a man. I am a writer. I created a universe which is Brett. a huge Brett. J.R.R. Tolkien. Incorrect. God dang it. I created a universe which had spawned a huge HBO special. I am uh. known for not finishing my work. Stevie. <laughs> Stevie. <laughs> George R. Martin. Nice. Yeah, well, hit us. One to one. I am a man. I am a founder of a, quote, 
religion, unquote. Corey. Brett. Brett. L. Ron Hubbard. Correct. Corey, whose birthday it is today, is very familiar. Happy birthday, Corey. My religion. Happy birthday, Corey. I am a man. I am a rapper. Vince the intern was compared to me by one of our Patreon listeners. Brett. Brett. ODB. Altered Bastard. Correct. Stevie, you need to win the rest of these. All right. I am a man. I am a president. I succeeded a president we may mentioned previously tonight. I am from Texas. Brett. Brett. Brett LBJ. Correct. Cool. Steve, you sound very unenthusiastic. Did you give up there? What's that? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, I didn't give up there. No. Brett was so quick. You sound very upset by my trivia. I worked so hard on it. No, I'm not upset at all. Brett was just so quick. All right, Brett. We'll let you toss it to Spoiler Man. Uh, Yeah, go ahead. Take us home. Toss it to Spoiler Man. This? Wait, no. (laughs) Take it away, Spoiler Man. Special thank you to our patrons. Druid King. Okay, uh, swear it. One more time. Nick. Son of a bitch. Nurse Stacy. I'll be right here. The Meg. Maybe it was a pervert or deformed kid or something. A deformed kid. David. A bald monkey? Is he a pig? He sure eats like one. Matt Troll. Penis breath? Brother Ellis. He's a man from outer space. Brother Brian. Uranus, get it? Your anus. He doesn't get it, Ty. Get it? Your anus. He doesn't get it. This only makes sure. You're such a sin of supremus. Zero charisma. Sin of supremus. Zero charisma. Sin of supremus. Shut up, Greg. Please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilers podcast. That was good. I like that. I mean, I like winning, so. Yeah, I like the Jeopardy game with a professional Jeopardy player. <laughs> yeah, I think we got to, like, rework how we... Maybe just a rotation. I don't know. Trivia. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Penis breath! Okay, kid, you got the job. (laughs) That was spoilers.